Chapter Twenty Five of A Red Wallflower. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona. A Red Wallflower by Susan Warner. Chapter Twenty Five. A Head of Lettuce. One afternoon in the end of October, Esther, who had just come home from school, was laid hold of by Mrs. Barker with a face of grave calculation miss hester will ye approve that i send christopher over to that market lady's to get a head of lettuce for the colonel's supper there's not in the house but a bit of cold green tongue savin of course the morrow's dinner i thought he might fancy a salad tongue said esther haven't you a quail or a sweetbread or something of that sort i haven't it miss hester and that's the truth forgotten said esther smiling "'Mum, I couldn't forget the likes of that,' Barker said solemnly. "'Which I mean, as I haven't that to own up to. "'No, Mum, I didn't forget.' "'What's the matter, then? "'Some carelessness of Christopher's. "'Yes, have a salad. That will do very well.' "'Then, Mum,' said Barker, still more constrainedly, "'could you perhaps let me have a sixpence? "'I don't like to send and ask a stranger like that "'to wait for what's no more than twopence at home.' "'Wait,' repeated Esther.' "'Didn't Papa give you money for the housekeeping this week?' "'Miss Esther, he did, but I haven't a cent. "'Why, he did not give you as much as usual?' "'The housekeeper hesitated with a troubled face. "'Miss Esther, he did give me as much as usual. "'I would say as much as he uses to give me nowadays. "'But that ain't the old sum, "'and it ain't possible to do the same thing with it.' "'And Mrs. Barker looked anxiously and doubtfully at her young mistress.' i wouldn't like to tell ye mum but in course ye must know or ye'd maybe be doubtful of me of course i should know repeated esther papa must have forgotten i will see about it give me a basket barker and i will go over to the garden myself and get a head of lettuce now before i take my things off i would like to go seeing that she spoke truth mrs barker's scruples gave way she furnished the basket and esther set forth there was but a field or two to cross, intervening between her own ground and the slopes where the beds of the market garden lay trim and neat in the sun, or rather, to-day, in the warm, hazy, soft October light. The sun's rays could not rightly get through the haze. It was one of the delicious times of October weather, which the unlearned are wont to call Indian summer, but which is not that, and differs from it essentially. The glory of the Indian summer is wholly ethereal, it belongs to the light and the air, and is a striking image and eloquent testimony of how far spirit can overmaster matter. The earth is brown, the trees are bare, the drapery and the colors of summer are all gone, and then comes the Indian summer, and makes one forget that the foregoing summer had its glories at all. So much greater is the glory now. There is no sense of bareness any longer, and no missing of gay tents, nor of the song of the birds, nor of anything else in which june reveled and august showed its rich maturity only the light in the air filling the world with such unearthly loveliness that the looker-on holds his breath and the splendor of june is forgotten this october day was not after such a fashion it was steeped in color trees near at hand showed yellow and purple and red the distant jersey shore was a strip of warm sunburnt tents merged into one over the river lay a sunny haze that was, as it were, threaded with gold, as if the sun had gone to sleep there and was in a dream. 
and mosses and bushes and lingering asters and goldenrod on rocks or at the edges of the fields near at hand gave the eye a welcome wherever it turned not a breath of air was stirring the landscape rested under a spell of peace hester walked slowly every step was so full of pleasure the steps were few however and her pleasure was mingled with an odd questioning in her mind what all this about money could mean a little footpath worn in the grass led her over the intervening fields to mrs blumenfeld's garden christopher must have worn that path going and coming for the family had been supplied through the summer with milk from the dairy of the gardener's wife mrs blumenfeld was out among her beds of vegetables esther saw as she drew near she climbed over the fence and in a few minutes was beside her wall ef ye ain't what i call a stranger said the woman good-humouredly i don't see you no more than the angels for all you're so near i am going to school mrs blumenfeld and that keeps me away from home almost all the week how do you do dear me i durst be anything but well said the gardener's widow if i ain't at both ends o everything there ain't no middle to em there ain't a soul to be trusted thout it's yourself it's kind o' tedious i get to the wrong end o my patience once in a while just look at them rosbury canes and i sent a man only yesterday to tie em up they ain't done nohow but your garden always looks beautiful can you see it from your windows i want to know not very much of it but it always looks so bright and trim it does now well you see said mrs blumenfeld a garden ain't nothing ef it ain't in order i do despise shiftless ways now just see them rosbury canes what's the matter with them i don't suppose you'd know if i showed you said the good woman checking herself with a half laugh and there ain't no need as i know why i should bother you with my bothers but it's human nature ain't it is what human nature just that same or don't you never want to tell no one your troubles maybe you don't have none she added with an inquiring look in esther's face young folks the time for trouble hain't come yet oh yes said esther i have known what trouble is have ye said the woman with another inquisitive look into the fair face mebby there is folks that don't show what they goes through i guess i'm one of that sort myself are you said esther smiling certainly to look at you i never should think your life had been very crooked or very rough you always seem bright and peaceful it was true mrs blumenfeld had a quiet steady way with her and both face and voice partook of the same calm though energy and activity were at the same time as plainly manifested in every word and movement esther looked at her now as she went among her beds stooping here and there to remove a weed or pull off a decayed leaf talking and using her eyes at the same time her yellow hair was combed smooth and flat at both sides of her head and knotted up firmly in a tight little business knot behind she wore a faded print dress and a shawl also faded wrapped round her and tied by the ends at the back but both shawl and gown were clean and whole and gave her a thoroughly respectable appearance at esther's last remark she raised herself up and stood a moment silent wall she said that's as fur as you can see it's been both crooked and rough i mayn't look it where's the use and i don't talk of it for i've nobody to talk to but as i said 
Human nature'd like to, if it had a chance. I hate a soul in the world to speak to, and sometimes I feel as if I'd give all I've got in the world to talk. Then, mostly, I go into the garden and rat out the weeds. I tell you, they has to fly those times. But I believe folks was made to have company. Have you no children? Five of them, over there, the woman said, pointing away. Esther could only guess where, as it was not to the house. She was sorry she had asked, and stood silent. Five of them, Mrs. Blumenfeld repeated slowly. I had em, and I haven't em. And now, there is time when the world seems to me that's solitary that I'm a most scared at myself. Esther stood still, with mute sympathy, afraid to speak. I suppose, to you now, the world is all full of friends? The other went on more lightly, turning from her own troubles, as it were. No, said Esther gently, not at all. I am very much alone, and always have been. Maybe you like it? No, I do not like it. I sometimes wish very much for one or two friends who are not here. There came a sigh from the bosom of the other woman, unwanted, and tale-telling, and heavy. My marriage weren't happy, she said, lower than her usual tone. I can manage the garden alone, and I just as leave. Two minds about a thing make some peace, and I said a great deal by peace. But it's awful lonely, life is, now and then. It is not that to me, said Esther, sympathizingly. She was eager to speak, and yet doubtful just what to say. She fell back upon what perhaps is the safest of all, her own experience. Life used to be like that to me, at one time, she went on, after a little pause. I was very lonely and sad, and didn't know how I could live without comfort. And then I got it. And as I got it, I think so may you. The woman looked at her, not in the least understanding what she would be at, yet fascinated by the sympathy, which she read plainly enough, and held by the beauty, by something besides beauty, too, which she saw without being able to fathom it. For in Esther's eyes there was the intense look of love and the fire of joy, and on her lips the loveliest lines of tenderness were trembling. Mrs. Blumenfeld gazed at her, but would almost as soon have addressed an angel, if one had stood beside her with wings that proclaimed his heavenly descent. "'I'll tell you how I got comfort,' Esther went on, keeping carefully away from anything that might seem like preaching. "'I was, as I tell you, dark and miserable and hopeless. Then I came to know the Lord Jesus, and it was just as if the sun had risen and filled all my life with sunlight.' The woman did not remove her eyes from Esther's face. I want to know, she said at last. I've heard tell of such things, but I never seen no one afore that had the knowledge of em, like you seem to have. I've heard parson talk. This is not parson talk. I see taint. But what is it, then? You see, I'm as stupid as a bumblebee. I don't understand nothing without it's drove into me, unless it's my garden. If he asked me about cabbages or early corn, I can tell you but I don't know more than the dead what you are talking of. Esther's eyes filled with tender tears. I want you to know, she said. I wish you could know. How am I going to? Do what I did. I prayed the Lord Jesus to let me know him. I prayed and prayed, and at last he came and gave me what I asked for. 
and now i tell you my life is all sunlight because he is in it don't you know the bible calls him the son of righteousness you only want to see him see him echoed the woman there's only one sun i can see and that's the one that rises over in the east there and sets where he is going to set now over the jersey shore across the river but when this other sun rises in the heart he never sets any more and we have nothing to do with darkness any more when once we know him know him mrs blumenfeld again repeated esther's words why you're speaking of god ain't you you can know a human critter like yourself but how can you know him i cannot tell said esther but he will come into your heart and make you know him and when once you know him then mrs blumenfeld you'll not be alone any more and life will not be dark any more and you will just grow happier and happier from day to day and then comes heaven mrs blumenfeld still gazed at her i never heard no sich talk in all my life she said and that's the way you live now esther nodded and all you did was to ask for it yes but of course i studied the bible to find out what the lord says of himself and to find out what he tells me to do and to be for of course i must do his will if i want him to hear my prayers you see that i expect that means a good deal don't it yes maybe something i wouldn't like to do you will like to do it when once you know him esther said eagerly that makes all the difference you know we always love to please anybody that we love the gardener's wife had become very thoughtful she went along her garden bed stooping here to strip a decayed leaf from a cabbage and there to pick up a dry bean that had fallen out of its pod or to pull out a little weed from among her lettuces i'm much obliged to you she said suddenly you see said esther it is as free to you as to be and why shouldn't we be happy if we can but there's those commandments that's what scares me you see i'm a kind of self-willed woman it is nothing but joy when once you know him but you say i must begin with doing what's set down certainly as far as you know or the lord will not hear our prayers wouldn't it do after said mrs blumenfeld raising herself up and again looking esther in the face there was an odd mixture in the expression of her own half serious half keenly comic it is not the lord's way said esther gravely seek him and obey him and you shall know but if you cannot trust the lord's word for so much there is no doing anything without faith it is impossible to please him i don't suppose you come here just for to tell me all this said mrs blumenfeld after again a pause but i'm real obliged to ye what's to go in that basket i brought it to see if you could let us have a head of lettuce i see you have some yes and crisp and cool and nice they be just right well i guess we can see here that basket won't hold no more than a bite for a bird mayn't i get you a bigger one as esther refused this mrs blumenfeld looked out her prettiest head of lettuce skilfully detached it from the soil and insinuated it into the little basket but to the inquiry how much was to pay mrs blumenfeld returned a slight shake of the head 
I should like to see myself taken a cent from you. Just you send over, or come. That's better. Whenever you'd like a leaf or salad, or anything else, and if it's here, you shall have it, and glad. You are very kind. Well, no, I don't think that's my character. They'll all tell you I'm honest. Well, good-bye, and come again, she cried after Esther. It's more than likely I'll want some more talking to. Esther went home slowly and musing. The beauty around her, which she had but half noticed at first coming out, now filled her with a great delight. Or, rather, her heart was so full of gladness that it flowed over upon all surrounding things. Sunny haze, and sweet smells of dry leaves and moss, and a mass of all rich neutral tints in browns and purples, just touched here and there for a painter's eye with a spot of clear color, a bit of gold, or a flare of flame. It all seemed to work its way into Esther's heart and make it swell with pleasure. She stood still to look across the river, which lay smooth like a misty mirror, and gave only a rich, soft, indeterminate reflection of the other shore. But the thoughts in Esther's mind were clear and distinct. Lonely? Had she ever been lonely? What folly! How could anyone be lonely who had the knowledge of Christ and his presence? What sufficient delight it was to know him, and to love him, and to be always with him, and always doing his will, if poor Mrs. Blumenfeld only knew. End of chapter 25 Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona